Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number 74, and I'll be talking to Dr. Lino Martinez, Doctor of Psychology, enduring over 40 surgeries in 10 years, surviving a rare genetic disease called Mucklewell syndrome. Trilingual transman decided to share his life in his new book, A Little Less Fear. He also shares his voice on his podcast that he hosts and produces called A Little Less Fear podcast. After losing his voice for two years from a rare genetic disease, he made a vow to his higher self that if he gets his voice back, it would be used not to be a psychologist, but to motivate the masses using his voice to be a voice for the voiceless and for those who are needing motivation. Hello and welcome to Lino. How are you, Lino? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate this time. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm curious to delve into some details in terms of your story. Your story being life presents us with situations and things that sometimes we're not fully comfortable in and that there is an element of pull and push, not only in identity, but also in our core being of what motivates us, what drives us, what puts us into who we are. Mm -hmm. So how would you define yourself? And does that definition encompass who you are today? That's a really good question. Thank you for that. Yeah, I define myself as a human being. There are so many different elements that label all of the experiences that I have gone through in my 42 years of life. And because of so many different labels, I mean, first, I don't believe in labels. I think that when people label themselves, they box themselves in. And when you box yourself in, it allows for more discrimination. It doesn't allow for for flexibility. And it allows for pain and anger to sustain within a human body. So because of that, I represent humanity and I just call myself a human being. I love that. I love that. But even with the the definition of a human being, there's other elements that embody this humanness that we carry, the yes. spirit, the journey of the soul, and how all that plays out. What do you feel is your calling having having this human experience through not only the health education aspect of what you embody, but your spiritual journey and what you've written in your book that you just got published in December. Mm-hmm. What do you feel is your calling that connects all of those pieces together? There is, There are so many callings and my biggest calling is to help humanity 
And um, yeah, my book encompasses, uh, my book just came out on Amazon in December. It's called A Little Less Fear, uh, which is also the title of my podcast, A Little Less Fear Podcast. And the reason why I came up with that was because of how much fear I had, even as a child, um, the fear coming from either knowing that I had some kind of illness, knowing that I was different. I was born um, as a female. My first 34 years of life, I was a female and I always knew and felt that I was male. So um, after being diagnosed at 36 years old with, at the time, an incurable genetic disease, a progressive gene genetic disease called Muckle-Well syndrome, that's statistically one in a million, uh, to save my life, uh, I've gone over 40 surgeries in just 10 years. And it was after, let's see here, I think I was 34, yes, a year... I was 34 years old, two years before my diagnosis of this genetic disease. And it was at 34 years old when things were getting really bad with my health and uh, I was losing my voice. I lost my ability to urinate, pee. I lost my urinary bladder when I was 33. And that hit me into a really big depression. I, uh, I got my doctorate degree when I was 30 years old. And I was unable to work full time at the time. I also knew that it wasn't in my cards, if you want to say it that way, to get licensed by the state. And to get licensed by the state, I needed to complete 3,000 hours of unpaid, of most of its unpaid internship. Mm -hmm. And going through the health obstacles and so many surgeries, I knew that wasn't going to be possible for me. And um, it was within that time that I remember telling myself my higher my higher self that I wasn't asked to be born with this disease but I will always want her to be a boy and if I'm going to die in this body because the disease was slowly taking my life it was going to be in the right body so lo and behold when I started to transition into my true self or the true self that I am I that I am in this current life things started aligning for me I met the right doctor um, I got on the right medications and um, some things were still progressing while some things were healing. But the best thing that I can say that was healing when I became true to myself and true to loving me, this being, loving myself basically brought me into true alignment and finding the right doctors and the right medications. But it was also within that time that I lost my ability to speak. The disease had, had progressed to my vocal cords and it caused paralysis in my vocal cords. So at that time, it was even hard to breathe. It was hard to exercise. Um, everything works in synchronicity. So when you're not, uh, when your vocal cords are paralyzed, it's hard to swallow. It's hard to eat. I mean, it, it was really a, a painful time in my life. And it was in that time that I became a Buddhist and I'm praying and meditating a lot. And when I became closer to my higher self, I, in tears, I remember telling God, that if, if he brought my voice back, if God brought my voice back, I would use it to motivate people and I would use it to my higher good and my higher good is to motivate people. And so uh, it was, it's only been about two and a half years with my voice back. And within that year of getting my voice back, I had to have vocal cord training. It was very painful to start talking again. Um, the vocal cords had atrophy. And for people that don't know what atrophy is with any muscle that's not being used, it becomes smaller and thinner. And so I had to work out those muscles again. And by doing that, I thought, you know, what a better way than to start a podcast where I could limit the time that I speak, motivate people, lift people up, and then be working on my vocal cord strength. 
And shortly after, things really found a place. My, my podcast became in the top 20 in the UK within three months. And I just kept going at it, kept going at it. And now my voice, my vocal cords are back to normal. Um, I, yeah, surgeries are only once a year instead of three times a year. And I just, um, I'm really loving life right now. Yeah, Beautiful. it's been quite an incredible journey, really. It sounds like a very incredible journey, not only from an emotional space, a mental space, but very much a physical space that it almost dictates to how you physically move day to day and that connection to, I guess, the mind, body, spirit too, right? You know, honestly, it took all of that pain and years in the hospital for me to really give in to my higher self and stop struggling with so much, whether it was finances. I mean, I had to let go of everything. I had a nice Mercedes, but when you're in the mm -hmm. hospital and you're, you have six tubes coming out of your belly and you can't walk and you had to give everything up, I had to give everything up. Mm -hmm. And by giving everything up is really giving in and letting go and letting in what I needed to let in in order for me to continue this path of love, of um, spirit embellishment, and just um, being able to uplift humanity. That's pretty profound. They're pretty big components to your calling. Absolutely. And my deepest calling is actually to help the deaf community. I have really high goals to help the deaf community, and it was because of the deaf community that I had a community when I lost my voice because I didn't fit in. When, when I lost my voice, I didn't really fit in with the transgender community because they're too busy talking about their transness and transliness and they want to advocate trans this, this and this and these rights. And here I am thinking, wow, if I only had the right to speak didn't identify as a trans man to me I didn't identify as um as a doctor I didn't there's all these labels that I had because of my experiences but really the only way that I felt that I could identify was being in a community where people had no voice and the part in the area that people have no voice to this day or the deaf community yeah I'm chosen definitely to bring the deaf community closer to the hearing world I feel like I'm definitely that bridge and I'm more than honored to do it it's an interesting outcome of recognizing the community that comes towards you or that embraces you at your, at your hour of need. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the deaf community is lovely. I mean, there's an array of people in the deaf community from disabled. And actually, the deaf community has more disabled population than the non-deaf uh, community, then the hearing world, because right. a lot of people with uh, that are deaf also have uh, blindness. Uh, they've got issues with blindness. A lot of them have other multiple disabilities. Yes. So I feel at the time I felt that I fit in more with the disabled community and um, more than trans or more than doctor this or more than anything else that I'd ever done. So I'm very mm -hmm. blessed to have met them and blessed to know sign language, to have learned sign language. It's a beautiful language. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for the whole world to, to learn how to communicate that way. Right, right. What a blessing for you to get that support. But I yes. want to go back to another component that you touched on sure. from recognizing your life was on a downward spiral. Oh, yeah. 
And in that space, being debilitated in many facets and in many ways, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And that took you to the Buddhist community where you sat and meditated and I'm assuming that you got some answers and some insights about yourself. What was it that came to light for you in that awareness of meditation that perhaps you were, I want to say, missing from before that took you down the path of spirituality versus not understanding what life was throwing at you before you went down there? Yeah. So I was raised Catholic my whole life. You know, my was I was baptized at four months old as a as a Catholic mm-hmm. without a choice. And yeah. then I was forced to do a first communion again without a choice. And when I was 18, I was my family were trying to force me to do my confirmation to be fully confirmed as a Catholic. But by 18, I was already identifying as a lesbian. And by 18, I was already having my own mind. And I already knew that Catholicism really wasn't for me because there was too much sin and and badness that I had created with simply just feeling a certain way. And so I became atheist. I became agnostic in my twenties. And I also didn't feel right being atheist or agnostic. I just didn't have any other outlet, but Buddhism, those seeds have been planted. And I can say, I mean, a firm believer of a past, past lives that in maybe past lives, I was either a monk or I was already a Buddhist. I probably died being a Buddhist because my first job when I was 15, I was working at a CD company called uh, selling CD, selling music, Sam Goodies. Mm-hmm. And I remember buying a compilation of Buddhist. Um, it was called Buddha Bar. And it was like a combination of Buddhist meditation type music. But at 15 years old, I 15 and a half, I didn't really understand it. It was very, there's a lot of chanting and bells. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? But I know that I gravitated towards it. And because I gravitated towards it, and I can now at 42, I can look back and be like, well, I planted those seeds from a past life. And I'm glad that, that I remembered that. So when, uh, when I met the, our monk at our temple, it felt at home. And when I started hearing his teachings, and I was losing my hearing. I was wearing hearing aids. I actually not wearing my hearing aids right now, by the way, to, to make that part of my body stronger. But anyways, uh, listening to my Buddha, to the Buddha speak, um, the Buddhist teachings and our monk speak, it just opened up so many doors and windows of opportunity to not judge myself, not judge anything that I've gone through um, or anything with my identities or any, anything that I've ever felt was sinful or wrongful. And it enabled me to touch base with my inherent nature. And my inherent nature is love. And that's what Buddha is. He's all love. And that's all I've ever wanted to do is love and be loved. And that's all everybody ever wants to do. And that's all I ever even preached. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just basically aligned me to my journey to where I'm supposed to be. In an essence, what I'm hearing from you is a detour to love. Because perhaps the core intention of any, be it organized religion or the core essence of it all, removing the culture, the religion, the rituals and the indoctrination, Mm -hmm. the core essence of anything, bringing in a higher and divine universal consciousness, if you will, 
is ultimately coming from a place of love. But you found it through the Buddhist community, but in an essence, to a certain degree, the core essence of the religion you were raised in is still love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. We're all divine in our, in our human nature is really, there's a divineness within all of us. And I, but I wasn't finding that divineness in Catholicism because Catholicism yeah. wants you to worship and that's yeah. against Buddhist culture. There's no worshiping. You don't worship Buddha. You just, uh, you love Buddha and you love everybody and, and yourself equally. Animals, plants, we're all equal. And that's definitely what, what paved the way for me to continue this journey in the peace that I found within myself. Yeah. I find it really interesting how we can take these hills and valleys and around the roads that will ultimately bring us to love, but just in a different outfit, if you will. And yes. maybe dropping a few other strong attachments and strong strings yes. that keep that belief in, in status. Yes. And most of the attachments that I was attached to were mostly insecurities. So when you start to love yourself more and open up to love more, you, your insecurities go away. And so do those attachments. Yeah. Because there's an essence that makes you stronger in who you are from an element of not only receiving an acceptance from others, but yeah. feeling you're accepted in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually did ask our monk because uh, when I first started going there to the center about four years ago, um, I had about, let me see, I just hit this month, made my eighth year in transition. So I had about four years in transition and we were talking about attachment and how attaching to things so um, briskly can be just not the healthiest thing and not the Buddhist way. So I started to have some guilt for even transitioning. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I was grasping so hard at being a male. What if I would have just accepted myself as a female and loved myself as a female? And when I talked to the Buddhist about that, he said, absolutely not, because you're the only way you could be happy is to be by being true to yourself first. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to be living the truth. And by living the truth is by living love and then being that example to other people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, very happy and aligned with, uh, with myself finally. Beautiful. And that's the most important thing is you feeling content and in a place of self-preservation and love. Yes. And how you want to be seen and present yourself to the world. Yes. Uh -huh. Beautiful. Thank you. What are the attributes that connect you to your purpose? The attributes, my personal attributes that, that, that connect me to my human purpose are um, my ability to not judge people in any walks of life, um, whether they're bums in the streets, whether they've been addicts, whether they've abused a child, everyone's got some kind of past. And if we can accept everybody and not see the things that they've done and you, and you welcome people with love, that's when change begins to happen. If you keep the judgment on, if you keep that light judgment on, you're never, you're never going to be releasing your own self out of your inner prison. So by releasing that and knowing that change is 
is and can be. And yes, you can teach an old dog new tricks, knowing that that's possible. And even with uh, neurochemically, it's possible. It's just, uh, it's very accepting and very loving. And it just gives me more of a connection with, with humans of all different walks of life. So while you referenced the intention is to help humanity and removing the judgment and allowing individuals to be their whole self, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. what are the other intentions that you have crafted out for your craft in speaking your truth, in going through the process and journey of all the health issues, the transitions, the education, and tapping into different communities, not only the deaf community, but the LGBTQ community as well. What are your bigger intentions? around this you getting your message and voice out there my the first intention with getting my story out there is to show people that suffering is not permanent and that there is happiness even within suffering and just because you're suffering doesn't mean you have to be unhappy because even, even when I was in the hospital with tubes and stuff coming out, I wasn't an unhappy person. And I feel that I was blessed with, uh, with that part of my personality since I was a child. I've always been very positive, very ambitious. And those seeds, again, I feel have been planted from other lives, my past lives. And because of that, I utilize the parts of me that's mostly natural, which is speaking, which is motivating people which is entertainment. I was a a professional mariachi singer in my teens. I love being on stage, utilizing my natural qualities to uplift people and show them that they all have their own natural abilities too. Everyone's got a purpose. A lot of people are not aware of their purpose. And if you hone in on your calling, either through prayer or meditation, or even just silence, whatever you want to call it, you'll start getting these messages, these downloads, and they will start to align you with where you need to be. And not everything is ever going to turn out exactly the way you plan it. And that's the most beautiful thing. But at the end, you're still following your journey and your path. And you'll know that because you are feeling joy and you're feeling good. And if you can laugh and you, you can smile along the way, you're on the right path. And I want people to know that they're all on the right path. Nobody's on the wrong path. Everything is happening for you, not against you, not because of you. It's all happening for you. Everything from a red light to a green light on the street, from a cat walking by, from you having to be patient for an hour or two at the the airport. There are things that are working around you universally that you're not aware of, and it's all working for you. And I want the world to know that. Absolutely. Yes, I I truly agree and believe that this divine plan or blueprint that we call life is very strategically planned. And all the detours in between are planned before we come into incarnation of who we are. So all the, I want to say, heartache and the difficult times that you've endured at least over the last 10 years yes. from your health issues, your 
grappling with your own identity, moving through the world, what it looks yeah. like, who am I, what am I doing, what, where am I going, what's next? Have you been able to settle into that space and go in, okay, this is happening on purpose and I can welcome it into my life rather than resist it and push it away. It's only been recently where I've welcomed things coming into my life because before I felt like I was just going with the flow. Like, okay, now I'm going through this. Okay, now what? Okay, let's just go with the flow. Fine, let's go with it. And I actually and I actually, actually have like a, uh, a little setback when I was learning about karma and Buddhism. And there's one thing I don't 100% agree with everything that it has to say, Buddhism has to say about karma. But what what I because I feel that I'm very in tuned with the spirit world and I'm very in tuned with my intuition. And uh, we learn in Buddhism that a lot of the pain that you've had, you can look at your scars and everything that you've gone through is equivalent to the pain that you've caused other people in past lives, if not mm -hmm. this life and past life. And I can see how that there's potential to that. But when I was going through all those surgeries and my life was and was about to end very soon, mm -hmm. I actually I actually had the um, intuitive feeling that the reason why I had gone through so much was to better relate to humanity, to relate to all of humanity suffering from not peeing again to knowing what it's like to having any no more no more veins left and them pricking me so many times for an IV to um losing my voice to losing my hearing I mean I feel like in every single element that my body was starting to lose function there's a way for me to relate to humanity suffering somebody breaks a leg they can't walk I know what that's like I can relate to you somebody stops they can't hear I can relate to you you don't have a voice I can relate to you um, you're short, I can relate to you. Um, you used to be a female, you, you want to know what it's like to not to be um, harassed by men or to be forced into sex when you didn't want to all these things that injustices that females go through, I can relate to it. What's it like being a, a 40 year old virgin, a, a man I can relate to, I feel like all these things that have gone wrong, quote, unquote, or bad have actually been for my greater good to be able to identify and relate with so many people on all levels. And I feel that that is more true to me than it being because of karma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, for us to be implanted here on this planet and have these people come into our lives and have those trips and falls and lessons and arguments that show up in our lives, as you've said, is for our growth. And if it's for our growth as a soul, then to have compassion for another person who's going through that must be a direct correlation between the path and the journey our soul has had in previous lifetimes. Yes. So therefore, I, I'm, I guess I'm agreeing with the concept of the Buddhist philosophy that you're highlighting. And it's a principle and practice that I even support individuals through outside of this podcast in whatever we presented with yeah. is an opportunity to heal from our karmic 
lessons in our own spiritual evolution? I think both are truth for me. I think that I'm definitely healing from karmic stuff. And I'm on and um, I'm also here to be able to help other people with similar sufferings. Like, let me give you an example. I hope this isn't TMI and I hope I don't out my brother by telling you this, but this is a perfect example of why I feel that I've gone through things and a lot of things first to be able to help other people. So my brother was recently diagnosed with cancer in the throat in his vocal cords. And he actually started chemotherapy this week. I mean, and they told him he has no voice right now. His, he lost his voice about six months ago because of this. And, and they said he's going to need a feeding tube. I have a feeding tube. I've had a feeding tube for eight years now. It's because I've got swallowing issues that are on the mend. But I mean, it's not just a coincidence. Nothing is just a coincidence that I have a feeding tube, that I lost my voice. And now my older brother is going through the exact same thing. I don't know. It's to me, it's like I I'm able to now give doctors advice on my brother's treatment. Well, I've gone through this, so I can tell you why I think he needs this first or this and this. And now I know that there's only one there's only one company in the whole world that makes organic tube meals and it's called functional formularies. Everything else is sugar. Like anybody else has a feeding tube, they're getting sugary drinks and it's ridiculous. And I hate the injustice that disabled people have. But because I did my research, because I went through it, because I went through the nasty sugary drinks and got sick off of them, I was able to do the research and know that there's one company. And because of that, I was able to help my buddies who have a, a daughter that's a cerebral palsy complete in the wheelchair. I introduced them to the meal. It helped stabilize her. It helped bring her bowel movements to normal. And now I can help my brother. So, and then anytime I was in the hospital, they'd be like, oh, what is this packet? Organic meals? And I'm like, yes, please take a picture, show it to a gastroenterologist. Like I'm an advocate. Most of the people that are in wheelchairs with feeding tubes, they can't speak, you know? So, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're just going to be pouring sugary drinks for them. They can't tell you their tummy hurts. They can't tell you anything. So I, I, that's why I feel certain that all of my suffering was not just for karmic potential, but to also help people, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. that's quite a journey for you to not only witness that for yourself but witness it for individuals in your sphere and especially related to your family so for me I'm going to take that a little bit step further from yeah. not only the karmic level for your own soul's evolution but the opportunity for healing on a lineage, on a bloodline, and expanding that out. So to assist the healing of your past, your present, and your future generations, as you evolve in this spirituality component, not religion, but spiritual component in bringing into balance your entire being, your mind, your body, your spirit, and your soul. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and also changing your vocabulary is really important too. A lot of the times I kept telling myself, well, I'm on this healing journey, I'm on this healing journey. But if you're always on a healing journey, you're always going to be healing and you're never going to be well. So I've changed that to a wellness journey. I'm on a wellness journey and I want everyone to catch on to that. Because if as long as you're on a healing journey, you're never going to be well. So just change that vocabulary to your wellness journey and just continue to be well. Mm-hmm. I like that because not only are we vibrational beings and what we put out, we are met with, mm -hmm. 
the sheer intention and be it from the mental level, but the intention from a heart space is where we are met. So for you, what I'm hearing is you're met more so from a heart space from others who have lost their voice. Yeah. Lost their voice or lost their ability of, of, of anything. They have any type of loss, really. Because like you said, a vibrational reality. So loss is equal to loss, whether it's a loss of a, of a body organ or whether it's a loss of a member, uh, a family member. Loss is loss. It's going to vibrate the same. Right. And what we know for sure is the last couple of years have definitely brought us in a whole different definition of grief and loss from mm-hmm. a loss of family, a loss of friendship, a loss of a job or a loss of freedom. Mm-hmm. So you've shared a lot about the journey of the ups and downs and the silver linings between each of those lessons and communities of being accepted, not being accepted and developing this deeper love for yourself. Where do you want to go from here? What's next for Lena? Yeah, I want to go back into uh, theater and I'd like to be a performer again and uh, uh, act a deaf performer and so that I can bring the deaf community in. But my ultimate goal is to bring the deaf community to be a bridge between the hearing and the deaf community. Uh, What a lot of people don't know is that there's over 466 million deaf people in the world and there's a lot of people that speak sign language because not only from being deaf, but from being a stroke, um, a stroke patient or from being or having autism or even people with Down syndrome. Um, I mean, there's there's an an amazing amount of people that love sign language. And it's just uh, I'm I'm definitely have plans uh, to to bring us all all together. And um, I'm certain you'll see my name in the future there i'm excited about that yeah that sounds thank you. pretty interesting and exciting to bring your 40 some years of experience as a human mm-hmm. into a formation that not only gives voice reason and visibility to yes. other walks of life and community but puts you in a position of wellness as you up your game of connection with your own soul. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited for you on that. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience about your journey, your path? Just that everyone's got their own journey and their own path and don't compare yourself to anybody. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody because what makes you unique is your own story. Even if you're 85 years old and say, well, you know, I didn't even really do that much in this life. That's still your journey. That's still unique to you. And it does not, it makes no sense to ever compare yourself to anybody. It feels great to look up to people and to want to embellish in a lot of their good qualities if it's going to uplift you and lead you to your more higher self for sure. But judging um, when you start to identify or want to be like other people, you're actually going more into the judging realm. You're you're going to be more judge, judging against yourself rather than just yeah. accepting yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's a hard lesson to learn, right? It is. Yeah. 
it is a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah. We're ingrained in the self-judgment from pretty much as soon as we, we, we come into formation onto this planet. So that's unfortunately, great. that's the way our world is built around us. And fortunately, we have the opportunity to change it. So exactly. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited to see you on stage and I'm excited for you to create these beautiful opportunities of raising the voices and community for those who don't have the opportunities that we have. Thank so you. Thank you Lena, for sharing that. your story. And thank you for giving me the, the platform to share my story. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Naranjan and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.